0: by uninformed trolls, pundits and podcasts. <laughs> Only the tennis <laughs> podcast can save, them. save the building and the uninformed and informed the hostages. A crack jewel is required to bring them, bring them down. This <laughs> is going to pop. Don't need John. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: you, you, you need to start that's good. It's wasted if you please just it. I'm <laughs> not trying that last bit again. i just trying no, to sorry, again. <laughs>
0: Now, the Nakatomi Plaza, that is the Scottish Lower Leagues, has been overtaken by uninformed pundits, podcasts and trolls. Only the Terrace podcast can save the building and inform the hostages. A crack duo is required, but John McLean and Al Powell are not available. So who do you turn to? Sean McGuigan and Craig G. Telfer Thank you, I thought you were going to say Vulcan Skull
1: there But uh, no, thank you, that's that's quite the introduction That's a a sensational start (laughs) Thank you had to record it twice (laughs) (laughs) Because we laughed
0: all the way through it I'm just not sure who that makes me Whether I'm um, Argyle the the chauffeur Or the attractive lady at the desk in the second Die Hard Where uh, where John McLean taps his his finger and just goes Just the facts, ma'am, just the facts
2: Oh, you—I see you—you were the the guy who was also in Breakfast Club, who just obstructed everything.
1: Is that Ellis? No, he was the FBI chief. <laughs> oh yeah, I was going to say the guy with the bad skin in the helicopter. That doesn't paint me in a good light. <laughs> <laughs> I not D- Die Hard is uh, probably you think of the quintessential action movie, best action movie of all
2: time. Uh, still, certainly one of the. The? The, yeah.
0: Okay, it depends okay. if you're
1: including Jurassic Park as an action film. Ooh, ooh, Jurassic Park's excellent. As, uh, Jurassic Park is a, an adventure film rather than an action Probably film. Terminator okay. 2. Uh, it's definitely an action film.
2: Right, I'd have that. That is Terminator 2 is one of my... Terminator one of my time favourite movies.
1: I think uh, on first watch, I would have said Terminator 2 was better than Die Hard. I, I would possibly rethink
0: that now looking back. So, Scottish football then? Yeah. <laughs> We are going to, as um, since Craig and Sean are on the show, of course, going to lower leagues. We're going to start with the Iron Brew Challenge Cup from the weekend, just because. It's not really been talked about. We're not going to go through every game because some <laughs> games have no interest to us. <laughs> uh, notably the one that Connors Keem Nomads won. So we'll start with thir- uh, Friday night's game. Uh, the, the televised fixture between Arbroath and Edinburgh City. Edinburgh City won and won comfortably.
1: Mm-hmm. There were two things I enjoyed uh, about this. I didn't watch it live. I watched the highlights. Not Arbroath, of course, because it... Probably last like about 39 minutes. Our oh, oh, uh, Bros highlights uh, like last 90 minutes. <laughs> uh, I went with Inman Cities because uh, who has the time to watch our Bros? Uh, two things to take from it Pleasure Land looks incredible at night, <laughs> uh, it looks like, uh, it's like Blackpool Illuminations. Uh, in the distance and hopefully we'll get to experience that next uh, in January yeah, mm. yeah that would be good and uh, secondly I did enjoy the uh, the moment when Ryan McCord was left as our bros last man and he was involved in a foot race which <laughs> you'll be unsurprised to learn that a lot. Aye, um, I thought that I was it was a game that I was really looking forward to because
2: you got the two the most informed teams in the country, um, probably mm-hmm, probably yep. the two most informed teams in the country playing each other. So you got our both who have done uh, having a great season at the top of League One, and conversely Edinburgh City, who just seem to win all the time. And when we interviewed uh, Danny Denham back when I think the three of us were, were were last together, he said he was he was looking forward to the draw because he thought they've drawn Edinburgh, a team from a division beneath them, they had a good chance of winning. It, but Edinburgh City blew them out of the water Edinburgh were excellent Edinburgh really 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 impressed with them I'd watched uh, Edinburgh's highlights over the course of the year because you want to see how the team at the top of League 2 are doing but to see them in full flight there was something else I thought Blair Henderson an excellent game spearheading the attack but guys like Scott Shepherd and Graham Taylor playing behind him, Mark Laird in the midfield pulling the strings, um, Conrad Balatoni was, was excellent at the back, Craig Thompson had a brilliant game at right back, and it's interesting to see him playing as a right back, which is his natural position, rather than a central midfielder, as is what he's done previously. And our broth didn't really seem to have any answers to the movement and pace. It was a very difficult night for Colin Hamilton, who's hitherto been a, a very dependable fullback and when we spoke, going back to when we had Danny in the podcast, we spoke about our growth, strength, and depth. How a lot of their contemporaries don't really, can't really boast that. But um, Dick Campbell changed it around and brought in some fringe players, and he might want to think twice before doing that again because those guys just didn't look up to snuff, and Edinburgh City took full advantage. I
1: mean, I, 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 sorry, I, did, I was just going to say, I, I did wonder if it kind of uh, kind of burst that bubble that our both have could, uh, so much strength and depth. But I did wonder as well. So, after Mm -hmm. the one all draw uh, at Starts Park that Campbell said that he was going to make five or six changes, I did. He kind of gave off the impression that he wasn't overly interested in this game either, and I I thought if that is the case, then that kind of attitude could potentially permeate throughout the players as well, so I don't know if that had a bearing... Bobby Lynn didn't start no, this he game No, he came on and, and 35 minutes He is such a You know, as much as I both do have There's a few guys on the bench That could, that could come in and, and kind of stake a claim For a, a first-team jersey Without having a the team uh, I think they're far far less uh, Far less You uh, reckon they could achieve Anything really uh, Him and Him and Wallace I would suggest They're probably their two best players I was really impressed with uh, Ryan Wallace at Stats Park, but it was him and Lennon. I think without Lennon aside, there uh, they're just not not as good. Crucially, we have Mark Watley.
2: Mark Watley came on the same mm-hmm. time as Lennon. I know he's coming. under a bit of criticism. They're saying he's looked a bit stodgy at times. He hasn't. It's been the, the sort of the the force nature that he's been previously, but I think without him in the middle of the park, it showed that the, the team can be trampled over. And I think that it's one
0: of those things you don't realise how good someone is until they until they're not there. The one thing I wanted to mention before we move on: apparently, our Arbuthnot had to announce over the tannoy uh, to plead with fans for uh, to stop abusing Craig Thompson. East five two, Queen of the South out That's that. I think that's the the other one that's a the big surprise. <laughs>
2: No, East Fife but East Fife are, are, are going
0: great guns At the moment They've
2: won Was it seven games In a row Something like that Which included A win over Partick Thistle In the mm-hmm. previous round Where they were Excellent against them And they were Excellent again Only got only gone by the highlights I watched them earlier today But they It was kind of similar To the, the Arbroath game Where you've got A, a team who A team from a league above Is facing a team Who probably aren't their equals And and certainly the case In Queen of South You've got a full-time team Taking on a part-time side And only going by the highlights You don't really get a sense Of how how the whole match played out But judging by them And judging by the way That East five scored their goals
1: Particularly the second goal Was that Queen of South Didn't look particularly up for it Part of Queen of South's problem is they they probably only have a squad, a first team squad probably, of 14 players, so on the bench on Saturday they only had five substitutes named, uh, one of whom was uh, Callum Fordyce, the other four were all youngsters, so the other, when I say a squad of 14, the first team, uh, the first 11 that started uh, Fordyce on the bench, Gary Harkins was missing through injury, Dan Brownley isn't expected to be back until around Christmas time, uh, I think, and, and that's pretty much it in terms of their first team squad, so if they've got guys who are going through a bit of a lull or that their form has dropped off, there isn't really anybody else that can come in at the start of the season we're talking about guys like uh, Lyndon Dykes, so he's kind of dropped off uh, we talked about the fact that Scott Mercer has kind of kicked on this season his form's dropped off, likewise uh, Kyle Jacobs, but there isn't anybody else mm. that can come in and kind of perk that team up and that's kind of what it looked like on uh, on Saturdays, Queen of South kind of maybe running out of ideas and, and low on energy and there isn't anybody in the, the else it can come in and, and kind of perk him up with it but even even so even though you say that there's no real excuses for Alan Martin to be making such a a, a horrible mistake for Anton Dowds' goal he's, he's never he's since he had that season at Dumbarton where, where I thought he was one of the best uh, keepers in the championship that season and he's never really kicked on at Queen of South he's never reproduced that form and Saturday was a kind of decent example of what Queen of South fans have kind of come to expect from him he's solid for the for the majority of his matches But every now and again He'll have That kind of racket Which he never had at Dunbar
2: No
1: It was He looked as though When you watch the highlights It's hard to
2: see How he loses the ball Somebody get, gets in his way But he, he loses the ball dr- Drops him right in front of Douds Who does very well actually Sort of To take the ball away from him And as a covering defender Comes back He shifts it To, to feints and then shoots, but it's a it's a fantastic result for East Fife, absolutely fantastic result for East Fife, and they are going they're going fantastic guns at the moment,
0: great to see. Like uh, t- touching on Queen of the South, they'll be um, kicking themselves for not getting into the the next round because it was it's kind of opened up for a, a team like Queen of the South to get to a final. The same for Donferlin, they lost on penalties to Alowa uh, having trailed, but then gone and got, got themselves in front, and then being pegged back and lost, uh, lost some penalties. And it was at East End Park. I think uh, Dunfermline only really have themselves to blame for that
2: for, for that because the two goals they lost against Allah were, were horrendous goals. particularly the first goal. Um, it's a long ball that's played from the defence, and forgive me, I can't remember the name of the fullback, but he lets the ball bounce. Uh, I think it was Craig that makes an initial make mistake, make mistake. He lets the ball bounce, and that allows. I, I might be Connor shields. Forgive me. I I, I just watched the highlights. I wasn't paying that much attention to who the players were, but he loses the ball by letting it bounce. Connor shields comes right across him and squares it for Alan Trout. And it's a good finish. actually a, a really good piece of movement inside the box from Trout. And Dunfermline scored two good goals to bring themselves back into the game, but they, they lost a crap penalty as well, which is and the last team I know penalties are horrible to go, but Don't give away a penalty. To a team with Alan Trouton in it because he's probably the best penalty taker in the lower leagues and they were, they were full advantage they uh, Alan took full advantage does the that penalties. really matter when penalties are uh, such a lottery oh that annoys me when people <laughs> say that that really annoys me even even having interviewed players that, that themselves who say oh penalties are a lottery they're not they're not a lottery you've got you do your homework and stuff and you know where to hit them then it's not a lottery it's no,
1: like, you giving so, yourself a good chance to so Germany always win at penalties so it's quite rare for somebody to win a lottery every week not a lottery.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Penalties, not a lottery.
2: Says McGuigan.
0: Montrose bought a, bought a ticket in the lottery, but they did not win. 3-1 in Ross County. That's uh, yeah. very much expected. Montrose are bottom of uh, League One and Ross County are not flying high, but doing very well and they are questing back to the Premiership.
1: Yeah, I mean, I expected Ross County to win this fairly comfortably. It, it, it looks like they did. Montrose, uh, have I seen everybody in League One now? I think so. They may be the team... That impressed me the least uh, They were two now down reasonably early on They were making a, a, a kind of stab at her for a comeback But no, I mean, Ross County kind of eased away I would expect Ross County probably to win this tournament now He'd
2: be favourites to be fair, so I can't if, really...
1: if they take it seriously. And now, as the final
2: stage, you would expect them to. I, oh, you, you would do. I mean, given the, I'll be honest and say, I, I can't. The teams left in the competition might as well look at the fixtures: Bohemians versus these five, Edinburgh City versus All Athletic, Motherwell's uh, Youth Team versus County. As you say, that that gives them a brilliant path to the, the semi-finals in Queen's Park versus Connors Quay Nomads, and we call back from the, <laughs> the, last, <laughs> the last show there. <coughs> uh, oh, you'd fancy Ross County to do it there. Uh, they're, other than bah- Are Bohemians In Key Are they full time
0: I don't think so I'm going to put my uh, My neck on the line I know it's not A substantial neck Because I get things uh, Wrong a lot But <laughs> I'm going to say uh, No
2: if, if Ross County If Ross County Don't win this competition A major upset Sunday's
1: They're going to have to Falter And somebody's going to have to Really play above themselves to, to to get get the better of them It would have been nice. It would have been good To see Queen of South advance Because I kind of feel a bit Sorry for Stephen Dobby. I'm, I'm sure he's having a ball uh, playing for Queen of South. <laughs> but it would be good if Dobby was surrounded by a, a better Queen of South team so that he could actually achieve something.
0: Yeah, when you were listing the players, when you said they've got 14 first-team players, I was expecting you need to list Stephen Dobby three or four times. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to mention from the the Challenge Cup game? The only thing, other thing that I noticed was... <clears throat> in the Motherwell under twenty ones 2 Sligo Rovers nil. Uh, Christian Mbulu is he was a summer signing. He's, uh, he's a centre back. Scored a wonderful, wonderful individual goal. Kind of shaped the shoot, took it around the defender, and curled it into the top corner with the outside of his foot. Uh, that was that's the only thing that impressed me.
1: I didn't even read up on that game. I did read up a wee bit on oh. uh, Saint Morn versus uh, Queens Park. I was trying to get because they, basically they Mark was this Mark Roberts his first game as official manager I think, I think. so I uh, so he kind of made two uh, match winning uh, substitutions which I, s- I suppose bodes well uh, one of the substitutions which came on uh, a young man called uh, Kieran Moore uh, I think he made his debut against Clyde at the start of the month I was trying to find out more information uh, couldn't get any, but they, they did have a very small interview with them on the official website and said his favourite music was chart music. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very vague genre of music, not, not specific at all. And a really shit genre of music. <laughs> got, it's great, Queen's Park
2: have got that for, for every one of their players on their website. They've got a little description, so i will tell you about um, a, a very, very brief bio and who they've played for previously. Then it'll give you some like personal information about their favourite food, favourite movie. And, Somebody's just going you know, carbs. Uh, exactly, yeah. You know Jeremy McLaughlin's favourite movie? Step
1: Brothers.
2: oh really is
0: that good or bad I've, I've never seen it oh Step
2: Brothers, Step Brothers is very very funny I've,
1: I've never seen it you've never seen it no I, seen I don't think would, even if I was
0: to see it I don't think it would be in my even top 10 no I'm not a Will Ferrell fan eh uh, ok well that's that's on you that's, uh, I, I believe it is on me everybody's different though no? that's fine yeah that's fine opinions are like arseholes we've all got them some people are just playing wrong yeah <laughs> Right, now time to delve into the Championship League 1 and League 2, where we will kind of take a state of play since the the lower leagues are a quarter of the way through the season, and we'll start off with the Championship, so hold on to your butts. <laughs> I you were going to ask a question there, man. <laughs> just look at me. I was just, I to get a drastic black reference on him?
1: <laughs> Alright, of course, <laughs> uh,
0: United. United, yeah. I, I, I kind of just wanted to uh, speak about. Just the championship in general. What a league! Uh, there, there is a case to be made where it's the old cliche: everyone can beat everyone else, maybe except from Falkirk and Alloa. <laughs> but there's with Air United sitting at the centre of the top and Partick Thistle in eighth. On they are nine points, so ten points off top. You still can't really rule anyone out even at this stage. Partick Thistle have just taken over a manager, but the team to start with has to be Air United. And what's 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 gone right for them? I
1: mean, Pound for pound, I don't think there's anybody that has impressed as much as Air United uh, in the lower leagues to date. When, when you bear in mind where they were on the second-last second, second last day of last season, they lost 2-1 to looked like they were going to throw the league away. Here we are... That's a fucking left back. That's in a fucking left back. I bet he wouldn't have believed in the by October. But here, I mean, and they're doing it as well. So remember last season we talked about the fact that Air United were a really enjoyable team to watch uh, going forward further back was where the issue was uh, Mm -hmm. certainly defensively goalkeeper wise Mm -hmm. and defensively they're top of the championship and they're probably playing with two centre halves that aren't probably really center half by trade so you know, Stephen mm-hmm. Bale probably uh, midfield. you'd think of him yep. as a midfielder uh, Jamie Adams I wouldn't necessarily say would a as well. half, uh, by trade so the fact that they uh, are looking good at the back and going forward is, is fairly incredible considering the, the, the personnel at the half I think again
2: I'm not seeing at United this season i watched their highlights and they've got one of the best highlights packages in the lower leagues but I think one of the things that United do, do very well is they get the ball forward really quickly and and Lauren Shankland, other than Stephen Dobby, it's incredible. I think you say Lauren Shankland isn't the best striker in in the Championship this season. He's but he's probably the most uh, the most prized commodity in the in the lower leagues. He's focus tipping on for a Scotland club. Well, oh, well, let's let's, uh, let's not included his manager. Okay, right, okay, okay.
1: <laughs> he's a good player. <laughs> he's some, he's, some, he's, some,
2: he's
0: some game. I wasn't I wasn't taking his uh, that 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 shout seriously. Sorry, were you making fun of sports sound again? No I never do (laughs) Don't know where you get That impression One of the
2: things that they do They get the ball forward Really quickly And then Lauren Shanklin And Michael Moffat They've got a real A real strike force And it's a real partnership You see uh, Moffat, we spoke we've spoken about Michael Moffat in the past and how he's a, he's probably lost a bit of pace that, that sort of marked him out, but you think he's a better overall player, his hold-up plays better and uh, you see him coming deep to get the ball. When when Michael Moffat gets in the ball, the ho- carries the whole team up the pitch. You see the fullbacks bombing forward and then you see Shankland inside there, his movement inside there is absolutely fantastic, but even then you can't really marshal him inside the area because if you force him outside he can score from there as well. I think uh, Mark Kerr is having a really good season. So at the base of the midfield it Obviously didn't get on fantastic That When he was at fall court last But I think a, a, a player in, in his position Somebody who just Keeps things uh, Ticking over uh, Is fantastic I mean they were they were Bleached by Queen of the South They took an absolute bleach And was at 5-1 Finished th- against I was wondering him. how they would react to that uh, I
1: thought like, oh here we go Yeah exactly.
2: exactly I was just about to say that I think that after that People were like Ah this is them in a full yep. position This proves it But they went on to win Their next four matches mm-hmm. And it's, we, I always think you you wait and see what happens after Christmas. The whole like Leicester City w- was the one I remember thinking when they were at the top of the the Barclays, thinking we'll wait and see. But if it comes to it comes after the winter months and they're still in there thereabouts, then you've got to give go them a shout. But they'll take they take on County in mm. the weekend. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be an absolute uh, showstopper.
0: Yeah. I, before I before I come on to I've, I want to talk about the both Highland teams because we've not really touched on them in, in the lower league shows this season. But I want to. Go back to Ian McCall and Ian you know, in general and ask how much a part the Dead Seagull has played in the, in the season. It's, it's like it's uh, kind of just cursed both in, in McCall and. But in, in a good way. Bless them then. Bless them, yeah, bless them. <laughs> <laughs> That's the opposite of Cursed. But McCall, he's an, a very interesting figure. He's one of the, the, the better, definitely one of the better pundits on, on Sport Sound. But it's interesting to hear players who've worked under him and who's who's currently still playing him that he doesn't do a lot of coaching. No, no, that's that's right. A Pelly podcast interview with Jerry McLaughlin. He played under Ian McCall
2: at (coughs) United. Excuse me. And. Sorry. (laughs) This bit as well. (laughs) Sorry, Sean. That's alright, I apparently podcasting with Jerry McLaughlin and asked him what he like to work with and he said well he doesn't he just kind of pitches up and gives the boys a bit of a laugh and it's, uh, it's Neil Scally that's his assistant that he tends, tends to do most yep. of the coaching so I, I I mean I've never well I've never really been in that position where you, where you have sort of a manager who doesn't really do much so I, I can't really uh, explain but obviously whatever he's doing it's, it's working, sort of like the Livingston situation, where mm-hmm. people say, well, obviously the, the situation is quite dysfunctional. It's obviously brought them a lot of success over the last uh, the last 24 months.
0: So a, a couple of teams who have been decent success in, in the championship are Ross County and Inverness. We'll start with Ross County, the dual management of Ferguson and Kettlewell. They've won the most recent uh, yep, Manager September's. of the, the Month yep. award. They are well-positioned. Well Coming down from the the, the Premiership to, to to bounce back up, they've have they arguably got the best squad in in the Championship. Uh, possibly, I wouldn't be far away. Anyway, I think
1: uh, I think Ross County are starting to look reasonably ominous. So they've only conceded uh, it's four or five goals uh, this season. So defensively, uh, they're, they're the best team in the division. They they generally play as from what I've noticed anyway with one up front. But the thing is, they've actually got four strikers. Four strikers. that probably probably can provide different things to the team so uh, I suppose Billy Mackay is maybe more the Mm poacher Brian Graham could come on to maybe offer something different Uh, I would suspect that Ross Stewart who did so well at Alloa last season perhaps he would be uh, the fourth choice he's got Declan McManus Mm -hmm. he can come on and and stretch a game uh, because he's so full of energy I think I think actually the two key players though Is uh, Jamie Lindsay Who's generally Probably the most Forward minded midfielder Central uh, midfielder And Josh Mullen. Yeah Josh Mullin uh, Has made a, a massive season. difference Since coming in from Livingston uh, So de- again these, Those two Defensively Yep absolutely sound But those two Are, are kind of making things tick
0: Where's Mullen playing? Uh, wide right, wide right, yeah. Because he was, he was the wide uh, right full. Fo- he was the wing back yeah. for Livingston last season. He was, he was, he was very impressive. So, are they playing um, four five one or are they playing 4-2 four, four, with him and uh, him on the wide? It was four
1: five one against Dundee United. Certainly, when I checked, with Mackay up
0: front on his own and Lindsay in behind, and then Draper and Vigers in behind him. Oh, that's interesting because last season Lindsay had these moments. I think County fans were quite. Pleased with their, with his signing uh, to begin with, but he did not impress me. And he was mostly in the centre with, I think, it was with Draper, and it was it was one of those midfielders. Like, what do you do? You mentioned Mark Kerr. You can see what he does. That he gets the ball, keeps it ticking along. But Lindsay just didn't seem to be um, the ideal. Uh, Midfielder and a two, he he didn't seem to be too box to box. He didn't get on the ball and create. So it's interesting that he's he's probably thrived there with more protection behind him.
1: But uh, it might be as well that Premiership was just a level slightly too high for him Mm. because he is always somebody that's always impressed uh,
0: any uh, any club he's been in the lower leagues. So would you clash Ross County as favourites for the division now?
2: I've always thought Ross County have been one of the favourites of the division. Uh, I wouldn't have expected Partick Thistle to have started so badly. I thought, well, I kind of would have expected a bit of the heebie-jeebies from from uh, Dundee United. I think that County, there's a, a, a uh, they're well managed. I mean that in terms of like the, the way the clubs run, mm-hmm. well, well managed. I think Kettlewell and Ferguson are a good fit for them. There's a, a good bit of money to spend there. I think, as Sean says, they do have a good group of players. So. Uh, I I'm, can't wait for the, the
0: match. It's, it's interesting that they they've got this money to spend, but don't choose to spend it on a goalkeeper. But as you as you said, the the, the game will game the game against the Air will be will be a doozy is, is this weekend. Yes, yes. some cracking fixtures this weekend. Moving on to Inverness they are unbeaten. But they've got five draws and it's, it's been a weird season because there was some animosity earlier on. It was a no 0 draw with... It draw with Ayr? In Inverness. And I think it was the, the, the game that Liam Polworth got, was getting abused by the Inverness fans. I think his family got abused. And it's, it just seems weird that that's kind of happened but they're still sitting well placed in third place.
1: I think uh, I think Inverness is... Where, where their season will probably fall away unless they can... Uh, Sort of Defensively they're fine Which is odd When you think If you'd said Maybe a season or two ago That Cole Donaldson And Brad Mackay uh, Playing in front of Mark Richards Would uh, give you (laughs) Defensive solidity That everybody would be surprised But that is exactly What they're giving them And, And defensively They're absolutely fine The problem is that up front, they probably have three forwards that you wouldn't really regard as a as a, as a first choice forward. It's almost the same like secondary forwards. So uh, Jordan White and Nathan Austin and George Oakley, and that's pretty I mean, much. I always it thought Jordan White would have been your sort of your number your number
2: nine, like you, you build your attacker in because he's a big lump of boy, he's strong. He had a good season at Livingston a couple
1: of years ago. I, I, I probably pictured him getting maybe a dozen goals. Is that going to be enough to win your league? No. So probably they probably not. need they probably need somebody else uh, in addition up there. Maybe they can hang about it. The, the kind of upper reaches of the league and, and bring somebody in in January but that's that's easier said done, but that's ultimately what, what might cost ah, the
2: lowest scorers out of the top four have got 10 compared to I think 14 the Dundee United and Ross, and Ross County have got 14 they have got 18 I always find that if you've got nothing interesting to say
0: about the team just look at the statistics <laughs> it, it makes you sound halfway intelligent they've not but they've unlike many of the teams they didn't have a, a big overhaul in the summer so Robertson kind he just built on what he'd already had last season, which was a half-decent season. It, it wasn't an overhaul as such, but they still
1: they still didn't bring... Enough kind of quality And so we spoke about We mentioned uh, Kind of lower down uh, The parameter we talked about The fact that Ard Broth uh, Didn't have a large overhaul Of players mm-hmm. There wasn't A huge amount of bodies Moving out But the, the, the players That they brought in mm-hmm. uh, it Was Darren Jameson The yeah. goal That they brought in uh, Jason Thompson The players that they added Really really added Something to that team I'm not sure That
0: was necessarily the case With Inverness In the summer Talking of, of another thistle Gary Cogdall's in At Partick
2: Oh so we're jumping We're jumping down quick
0: Yes I, I will, will, I'll, I'll I'll keep you on your toes. Oh. Effectively. That's what I'm going to be doing. Uh, keeping myself on the my toes as well. What do you make of that appointment? He's had. He's not had a management job in Scotland, but he's did well enough with Wigan chesterfield scenario is, easy, is easily one to forget but I think that's similar To Neil Lennon And his Bolton Wonders There was uh, Behind the scenes issues Do you still think That he has Got a squad there To work with That they can push on And still look To get promotion oh, I think he'll be Counting down the days To
2: January That he can turn There'll be a few managers In that division i will be looking forward To January To turn them over I think uh, I, I'm sorry to see Alan Archibald go they will kind of go back And we'll talk about Colin We'll go back yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry to see Alan Archibald go Because he came across and, I mean, he was involved with Thistle for some like seventeen years. If he had taken out a three-year spell, three and a half-year spell when he was at Dundee United, and I think that the relegation—I think if it had been any other manager, he'd have been let go in the in, in the summer
0: there. The, the sorry to interrupt, but the big one for me was the way they were relegated. Oh, there so two, yeah, the Slight two experience. games against Livingston. That okay, it would have be been if they were up, and it was just like a, a great battle. And then they got relegated. You can see, right? There was enough signs there that they can still build on, but that was a warning signs they there. Them yeah, they, they really pushed them around.
2: So it's so the last two transfer windows. have done it for. I've um, done it for Alan Archibald, and I think the players that, that he brought into the club over the, the the summer there just really aren't aren't quite quite good enough for, for what they're looking for. And a case in point was you watched the the, the match against, watched the highlights against Dundee United the weekend where they lost two one, and Fraser Aird scored a really nice goal to, to kick things off for United but really there was there was some a number of passes I think there was nine passes in the build up to the game but there was no real sense didn't really seem to be a sense of urgency from Thistle to, to close the ball down and when Fraser Fivey plays a wee through ball to uh, I think it's Sam Stanton to cut the thing back for, for here I think it's Christy Elliott just doesn't go with him. by the time the, uh, Stanton makes his run out of the frame, uh, the camera. But when you see by the time he's got got the ball, you see uh, uh, C- Elliot trying to cover him. with miles off him, and I think it's that sort of. That's just a real sort of half fast performance. So who knows? You know, sometimes important doesn't work for one manager, it works for a second. So I don't know how if Caldwell's had a real chance to assess the squad. If I was Caldwell, I'd be looking uh, going to the board and say and trying to to get the finances to, to,
1: to move players on they, they've got about three left backs and, and, and a non-functioning right back uh, essentially I think if he was Miss Thistle or Falkirk here you're talking uh, about Thistle uh, both <laughs> uh I think if Caldwell was to dig out his boots he could probably displace Sean McGinty uh, for the centre half I think if they I think if they start more games with the team that finished the game against Un United then uh, it would lead to some success I think we could probably now uh, just disregard Miles' story as a, as a diamond in the rough I think he's just uh, Not very good at all uh, Is it Andrea Mutombo Yeah uh, That came off an MP? He actually looked uh, Fairly good Down the left hand side uh, It was good to see Jake Otongo, uh Coming on He won't score goals For Patrick Thistle He's never really been a goal scorer he will occasionally pop in a, a, YouTube a, a player. tremendous that's it. goal but what he does do is he ruffles up defenders he winds them up uh, he kind of gets wired in and he creates space for others so he could create space for Doolin uh, is Koulibaly ever going to be ready because he, I mean, he now has clearance so again that's another uh, another kind of forward option that they're going to have squad wise I think they'll be absolutely fine whether it's, whether it's good enough to, to challenge top four and, and into the playoffs uh, I'm
0: not quite so sure You, you mentioned about players who I'm sorry, managers Who'll be looking to get to January To move on players There's no manager In that situation Quite like Ray McKinnon
2: Yeah I, I knew as soon as you started saying that it's, uh, <laughs> Yeah it's, uh, We talked about About Falk uh, Partick Thistle Having recruited badly The last 12 months I, I can't remember I mean off the top of my head I can't remember A, a recruitment campaign That has gone so spectacularly Badly As Falkirk's I mean To sign 17 players And for none of them, I'm, I mean, I've only watched again, only watched the Highlights Falcon, but for none of them to have made a significant impact, maybe Zach Ruthyn's done okay since he's coming along from Rangers, but he was after, so yeah. he, he, he was, yeah, was McKinnon saying But but for some data have done well, that's a damning indictment on the on both Paul Hartley and the Richard Mitchell, the scout. And I, I was thinking that uh, there's somebody who's moved on already as a sign for, for Livingston, uh, Dylan Macken. Has has got has joined in Albion for for the rest of the season. And who's just left Falkirk, so he he's probably been paid off. You've got probably got another bunch of guys here who will need paid off. You've paid off Paul Hartley and Richard Mitchell. You paid out Ray McKinnon's contract. So where's the where, where's the, where's the money coming from? Primarily not by by the academy. That's all the, that's all the money you're saving there's is to there's is to pays off. But I I just wonder where the money's come from. But no, it's, it's
1: been dreadful for Falkirk. One <laughs> win against Allo. Is just. Atrocious As you say The fact they've brought in All those players And when those players Came in It looked like Joe McKee At that point Was completely out of the picture And he'd probably Get moved on And now uh, That Hartley Is out of the picture Joe McKee Is almost become Their best midfielder And Joe McKee Is a, at best A half decent squad player When it comes to a team Like Falkirk And he is now Arguably their best midfielder Despite eight, 17 or 18 boys Coming in there it was a shambles Over the
0: summer so basically, under McKinnon, it's just a case of survive again, transition, and then wait till next season.
2: Yeah, I think it will be a case, a case of waiting to January. One of the things, though, you're kind of aware of them and Aloha are sort of cut adrift a wee bit, and I think Falkirk have probably got the big advantage in that they, there is, there is as we say, where does it come from? I don't know, but there probably is the money there to, to turn the squad around. I think the board will be well, well aware that they can't they cannot go into into League 1. So, yeah i think and mckinnon's shown in this division he's got enough savvy uh, about him so i think for him that'll be it'll be going to going to january
0: i mean that's if he gets the chance uh, to, to 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 do just that if he gets sort of more sorry Felix alive <laughs> on whacking day <laughs> <laughs> on whacking day this if,
1: Saturday if Greenock was not uh, quite as far from Kirkcaldy as it is I would definitely have not went to Raith Rovers versus Srona I would have went to Greenock Morton versus Fockock I think it will be absolutely brilliant would you have taken some uh, plastic snakes to chuck out of the picture <laughs> no and I wouldn't have taken that free gift that's in the Greenock telegraph is it a mask or a red card it's a, red a red card, red, red card. Oh, I thought it was a mask
0: yeah I noticed you say that. Why would people Be wearing that, no,
1: that, that That's still a valid point Why would why you wear A red card uh, I, I thought it was a mask it is the, 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 That stunt That the
2: Greenock Telegraph pulled It's like why, why a paper Is getting involved In this Because I mean, that's twice that They've had they've, the they've, they digs it In with the Judas In the back page And then the card Brilliant publicity And brilliant for the sales Why they've got involved Is I, I don't know But it is One of the pettiest things I've ever seen In Scottish football And that's saying something That's saying something It adds a real dimension To to that match
1: I I remember uh, Going back a lot of years When Tommy McLean Was the He was the Rafe Rollers manager For six days and then he joined Dun United, and about two weeks after he joined Dun United, he brought his Dun United team to uh, Starch Park. I think there was something like eight and a half thousand there that day, and the atmosphere was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> uh, with Rovers won three two. It was a joy. Uh, Ninety minutes from
0: start to finish. And if it's anything like uh, that match, it will be tremendous. So, touching on Morton, t- Morton, Alloa, Dunfermline, and Queen of the South, Jim Costner of the time. Quick fire, is there anything that needs to be needs to be said about those four teams? Aloha you can can expect expect they're the only part time team, they've still not won a game and they were always always kind of trying to struggle.
1: My, my worry for Aloha would be so you said uh, what you said about Falkirk's right, that is scope for Falkirk to get considerably better. Uh Aloha, people are talking about how kind of they've started the season reasonably well, but they're only sitting on four points. Yeah. Bear yeah. in mind at this stage last season we were sitting on two. Now <laughs> I'm not suggesting that Aloha are going to do a Brecon. Uh, Far from it Because Alawa are They're adrift They're they're, they're adrift But I, I don't see Scope that much scope for Aloha to improve uh, that much more to kind of pull away from from the position that they're in at the moment. You bring but but Falkirk could they can make their park narrower. <laughs> did, 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 the weird thing about that is I actually think that's that's hindered them this season. Start so so against could, Falkirk
2: that was that was one of the, the, yeah. the thing how Falkirk one Falkirk don't have any width and so you made the park more compact mm-hmm. and,
1: and Falkirk were able to take advantage of that. And, and they have decent wide players because Kevin Colley uh, can play wide and as good Ian Flanagan mm-hmm. uh, is a very good wide player. They brought in Dario Zanatta over the summer Who um, was patchy for Wraith Rovers But when he's good, he's very good So there's three good wide players And you completely negate what they what they can do On a really narrow puck ah, I
2: I'd agree with you yeah, I think uh, at this stage It's like uh, and here, it's like They're lucky that
0: Falkirk are where they are Because they would be, they would be adrift yeah. I'm going to do what you would like CGT What you'd like to do to Falkirk And usher us into League 1 We've talked plenty about Arbroath and Wraith so mm-hmm. I've just I want to keep it short on those, those yeah, two yeah, teams. Yeah, that's but they've uh, they met each other uh, two weeks ago, Yes. and it, f- it finished um, a draw. We'll come to a specific incident soon, but just uh, just <laughs> quick on the quickly on the game, what did, did, was there anything you can kind of learn from that? Uh, I
1: think Arbroath could be they could be there for the duration. I think if you're an Arbroath fan or an Arbroath player, you would probably feel that you deserved the three points. I, I thought Wraith played. Uh, probably the better football for maybe the opening half hour. However, they they didn't cut Abros open at all. Uh, didn't create too many chances. As soon as they got to the final third, uh, Abrutholp, as you know, has got a really good defence and they dealt with that very comfortably. Abroth were excellent on the break. Wraith uh, really struggled with Wallace. Uh, probably in the first half Wallace was particularly good In the second half Bobby Lynn kind of, kind of Took on his mantle And Wraith Scored a good uh, goal as really well struggled with him he, he scored a very good goal uh, I, I thought Wraith we're, we're kind of fortunate However I still see John McGlynn alluded to it After the game And that uh, Dick Campbell has been uh, Kind of nurturing that growth team mm-hmm. for quite a while now He's been in the door For a couple of weeks I suppose He's still trying to find his feet And, and work out exactly what, what works and what doesn't he said he wants to bring in another wide player, uh, which makes sense. Lewis Milne started there against our growth wide right. I don't think that's where he wants to play. I, I don't think that suits his no, style of at all.
2: He's a central midfielder.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a central player uh, or a number 10, which Rafe don't really need at this moment in time. So if he can sort that, uh, Callum Crane, I think, is a, is a good addition. The problem with signing Callum Crane is that Ewan Murray is a centre half, but was doing particularly well at left back. But they've now signed a left back, and you and Murray look actually looks a bit cumbersome on the right. <laughs> so they kind of need a right back as well now. Uh, I think we will get better under McGlynn. uh Danny Denham spoke about the fact that part time teams sometimes can fall away uh, during the winter months. I remember when it was Dunfermline and Ayr when they were going for the title. Uh, Ayr In fact, Ayr were top of that league, maybe until about November, December. Whether well, something similar will happen uh, on this occasion. Uh, I'm not so sure I was impressed by bro. Uh, and it, it could be a decent title challenge It might
0: even be three teams There was one uh, specific person I was impressed with from yes. that, that match And you teased uh, the listener earlier on By mentioning him, Dick Campbell I mean if the, the Beano or Dandy Kind of did a, a comic of a football manager He would be, it would, it would be him He's now starting to resemble the Penguin for uh, <laughs> the, the Batman films he Which came?
1: Which one? Uh, the ball <laughs> all of them. He came across very well We, we
2: mentioned there the, the match between Our brother in Edinburgh City And the, the half time highlights package He came across very well And that So did Bobby Lynn Bobby Lynn, Lynn Came mm-hmm. across A smashing guy in it. I don't know if anyone's seen The, the, the sort of the, Bobby Lynn saying to be a boxer I don't know if you, you're aware of this No I'll share the video with you Bobby Lynn's saying to be a boxer And his uh, PT made a video About him uh, likes out Lynn for Charleston. That's uh, that's what he's that's what he's going by. They were saying on the this uh, on the this sort of the half time thing with with, uh, with Alba, he spoke about how he's doing extra training. He works as a bin man uh, during the day and he's taking on all this extra training and he actually wants to get back into full time football. But hmm. not that's wishful thinking at how his did- age. 32 mm-hmm. I mean it's, he's not Not unheard of Not unheard of And the way he's playing Just now I mean there's Nothing wrong with, with Teams t- taking a punt In him But he's, he's working Really hard And he comes across Really well So, so does Dick Campbell And and that's the thing They subsequently sent uh, A video of him uh, Doing his boxing training And he really Looks like he's Enjoying himself Like hill running All that sort of stuff
0: I mean Certainly um, in terms of Boxing Dick Campbell Certainly want me to Box uh, the referee's Lights out And it's not the First time he's did that in the last 12 to 18 months
1: I liked when he came in the this, this calendar year yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I liked when he came into the, the, the they had done the post-game stuff at Starts Park and <laughs> so his first question uh, to, to the people that were uh, standing was uh, you want me to talk about the incident or you want me to talk about the game uh, and it was Craig Cairns actually went well both preferably and then he went right okay and his uh, his kind of summary of, of what happened to the referee involved him swearing at the referee twice and then he went you know I, I can't believe it and you're like Well, you've told the referee to fuck off twice then But probably you are going to get sent off But there was such such a delay Uh, The referee, I mean, he kind of took one, maybe two steps onto the park Then he went back to where he was Just kind of leaning against the dugout He eventually started to make his way But then he stopped Uh, I think he kind of gestured towards the the referee again His brother then had to kind of demand that he would go down the tunnel But then he sauntered at such a slow pace That the referee (laughs) actually kind of ran from the That was a box Spreading pretty much to the to the halfway line, I, I almost had to kind of usher them down the tunnel. It was fantastic.
0: the The crowd noise. We put the video up on on the terrace account. The crowd noise was fantastic. It was just, it was, it was like it was like being at the theatre, like a, a like a panel.
1: Uh, me, me and Craig, uh, Craig came at the game as well. We couldn't stop laughing. Uh, there was a lot of Rafe Rovers
0: fans, uh, as you can imagine. we giving them dogs abuse that I, I thought was brilliant. Perfect. Yeah. So, like I said, we talked about the last time we did a lower league. Episode we talked about Arbroath, we talked about Rafe, and we talked about East Fife as well. There's five points between those three, but there's five points between the rest, yeah. the, the rest of the division. So I, I think we'll, we'll call it probably bundle most of them together. But I wanted to kind of talk about Airdrie because they at the start of the season we did mention that they could be a surprise yeah. surprise package. They've lost, they've, um, they've sacked sack Stephen sack yeah, Finlay, sack, sack. and he's not been replaced yet. Am I right? Yeah, that's the like, same with Dumbarton they, they, yeah. they, I mean there was an no, odd, there was a. Was it last week where there was a sort of period where about like six managers or something they lost their jobs? Yeah, Airdrie and the Dumbarton was with, with, within hours of each other, mm-hmm. hour, I think. And I seen uh, today when I was just trying to do a bit of research, uh, the little I did. Stevie Aitken was linked to the Airdrie sort of job. Yeah, uh, he was he was linked to that that position almost uh, immediately. Almost, almost ah.
1: immediately. Yeah, I mean, Airdrie everything looked. Really positive. We were mm-hmm. doing the summer uh, a new board. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they brought in a squad that I thought looked fairly capable yeah, yeah, at definitely. that level. But as much as it's uh, it's kind of, this is New Year Drew, but exactly the same ah, uh, as, as the old year
2: Drew. The only player that really seems to have made any discernible impact is Gilles Vittoria, and and, who's and sort and
1: of scoring quite consistently. And oddly, <laughs> out of all the signings that they made in the summer, I mean, we mean,
0: kind of thought, well, he might do ah, okay. squad player. Ah, he might come a, off the bench I, and then make a mark.
1: But ah, no, you're right, he's the only one that's really, uh, that's really looked decent.
0: How damaging was the Rafe Rovers' result?
1: <laughs> uh, very, however, the... <laughs> The Airdrie have been kind of chicken-hearted for a while. They, they tend to throw away leagues. Uh, Lead, sorry, they, they they done the same against Brechin, which I think was uh, Finlay's final game. They went one up, uh, one up, almost immediately. Uh, they conceded a goal, and then they I think they conceded two within the space of about five minutes no, in, in the second right. half. So yeah, as much as that was an extreme example, uh, with Rafe scoring f- uh, three in the last five minutes, it, it's kind of something that they, they generally do. That they, they there's an, they generally
0: capitulate. And. They are positioned in sixth, So three points off Beacon and fourth Do you still see them as uh, So Maybe Making this point a bit more General Who do you see out of the the Between fourth and tenth Who do you see Pushing for the playoffs And who do you see Fighting for relegation well,
2: The teams Fighting fight for relegation Well Dumbarton Is I'm, I'm astonished I think most people Are astonished Dumbarton down there Uh we spoke. We spoke about them. There's no point in going over all games. Yeah, spoke,
0: I think uh, something that you raised on Twitter. There was uh, interesting blog posts by a yeah, Dumbarton fan. And, Clark, great yeah, guy as well. and if you, if, I think if you looked, I, I know nadies Topoker, Poker. He certainly retweeted a couple of Dumbarton fans. They, there's been a lot of fans just saying oh, it was time for him to go. Yeah.
2: Well, the time, the time for for eight to go. I think most people are after the relegation. We talked about put the way part official relegation. Yeah, relegated. of course. The way that Dumbarton were relegated, it was just so negative, so cautious, and that that he basically backed himself into a corner with substitutions that when, I think it was Ross Stewart that scored the, the equaliser late on, there was nowhere else for, 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 for Dumbarton to go. I mean, there, there's stuff that, that there's a lot of things that Steve Aitken has gone against Steve Aitken this season. And that's like there's a lot of injuries, I mean, a lot of injuries, which there's nothing you can do about. If you can only make, name like three players, three, four players in your mind, the guys that are unfit, then you kind of have to go with it. And and there's guys who, who haven't been playing well. Andy Dewey looks like he's, he's really he regressed. Does. Rory Loy hasn't, hasn't played well since he joined but then there are things he is responsible for and that's like um, there's a lack of pace in the team other than Bobby Barr, there's a lack of real yep. width uh, and there seems to be in his failure to, to get the best out of the defensive and offensive structures uh, there's most they're, they were miles off, I think though what Dumbarton do have going for them is, is for a part-time manager very very attractive prospects I think there's a wee bit of money to, to, to spend there. I think they're, they're well looked after there and I think if they can get that group of players firing yeah. we talk about they're, they're a bit slow mm-hmm. but they're good players yeah. they are, they're fundamentally good players so I think there's a lot to work I think the attractive job Jim Duffy his name is he was offered the Queen's Park job and then sort of turned it down because the Partick Thistle job came mm-hmm. on and he actually put himself in put the himself, yeah, for, yeah but put said I've him my CV for it so I think if uh, Jim Duffy was to go to like Airdrie or Dunbar, I think they
0: they they take him. So actually. so you're looking at you're looking at D- Dunbar and Airdrie pushing up. Montrose, unsurprisingly, I think uh you mentioned them earlier, uh, Sean, as the team you've been least impressed with in, in in League One. I mean, I I still go back to a couple of times I saw them last season. And they were very, um, they were very one one dimensional. Who else? If you want to expand on Montrose, uh, go ahead. But who else will, uh, will be down there come the end of the season? Well, you have to,
2: think, yeah. oh, thank, thank you. I was going to say, Steny, I've made notes. It's, it's, been a, it's been a decent-ish start for Steny Smear. Um, nine points from nine games is okay. You take that over the season, 36 points. That's probably enough to stay up so on the whole, they're doing all right. And you've got to remember, I think most people are quite content with how they're not bowled over, but content. I mean, it was an above-average League 2 team that, that won promotion. And on most occasions, they've looked competitive. I mean, you saw, thought they did okay against Wraith Rovers, they gave them a bit of a game. First half, they were arguably a better team. Uh, that's, that's happened in the best parts of the season. Brown Ferguson has recruited well guys like Graham Smith Morgan Neal Connor Duffy have done well since coming in Rory Donaldson who they signed uh, last season signed him from Bonnie Bonnet is called Donaldson's brother mm-hmm. he looks like he could turn into a really decent player and get a move on to bigger and better things and Harry Payton who's come back on loan from, from Ross County um, once he gets up to speed, he'll be the best midfielder in the league excuse me but the negatives the, the away form has been unacceptable way are unacceptable. Four defeats, no goals scored. Um, they're prone to daft errors at the back, and particularly when Jesus Garcia Tenner gets in the ball, there's a wee bit of nervousness around the ground. You kind of just, I think he
1: fancies himself a bit of a player. Um, his drop off is extraordinary. Yeah, his drop off. Well, hey, he's moved up a division. He was in league. <laughs> he, he was in league two last year. I, mean, I mean, from when he was, uh, from when he first arrived in, in Scotland. Aye, I don't think he'd have seen himself playing at Stennis Muir <laughs> At this
2: stage And on top of that There's a lack of ruthlessness up front um, Mark McGuire works really hard and, But Stennis Muir are creating chances They're just not putting them away And the problem is You're not putting them away You're getting punished up the other end So I I think Stennis Muir are probably Where most people expected them to be And I think that will maintain If Stennis Muir, Muir finish in 8th position I think that's a, a decent season You know, get back Consolidate and
0: push on uh, push on uh, f- from there before we move on to league two i just wanted to touch on Brecon because they're, they're another sure they're, they're another team that we have talked about that we've been certainly been mentioned on the, the podcast going back to the first lower yeah. league podcast of the season i was interested to hear what danny denham thinks. quite close to Darren dodds or yeah, quite well. yeah, but, right, yeah. I think it was interesting to see uh, hear what he had to say and they've begun to turn it around yeah right. I would never you know something I looked at the league table
2: and I was doing a I was speaking I can't believe they're in 4th yeah. place I think it, I mean, given from after the, the the start of the season they lost to Stennis Muir and people were, were heckling as he walked off mm-hmm. the pitch players were shouting back at the fans people went up to the board of directors and having a go there the fact he's got them into 4th place is excellent and I think the first win, getting that first win against mm-hmm. East Fife was, was, was crucial because it completely turns around the mentality at, at the club. that You've gone from from never losing, and from never winning, to uh, going two goals down against Dumbarton and pulling it back to 3-2. Boris Malangui, who's been a, a really good sign mm-hmm. for them, scoring in, uh, in the injury time to, to win 3-2. On top of that, they've, they've uh, Ryan McGiver, uh, a big unit. He's, he's, he's been, I think, they've since he's come back into the team, they're better with him in it. Callum Tapping uh, is playing well this season. He's finally looks like he's over his injuries. Former Heartsman, the midfielder. Thank you, Craig Fowler and uh, Andy Jackson's playing well. He got a brace against
1: Airdrie at the at the weekend. So fair play to fair play to Darren Dodds. If, if if you'd said in the summer that by October, uh, thirteen clubs would would have changed the manager. I definitely yeah. would have said that Dan Young would have been one. Yeah. Uh, from his five, and Dan Dodds, absolutely. What about Jim Weir at four four? I think he'll be the next to go. Uh, I think he might be. Uh, I, I think if anybody might save uh, Sinashmier, that could potentially be maybe four four. i I'm surprised for the, the group of players
2: that he's got. I'm surprised that they're down where they were. But it's like he's, you're not helping yourself when you pick Dylan Easton out wide. I know you don't want to say. Well, I say you you, you don't think of luxury players at this level. You've got someone as good as Easton. Stick him in behind the striker and just build the team around. Put two midfielders who'll do all the hard running for him and just just let him play. But it's
1: it's not working at this point with John Baird as well. I thought he eh, scored more goals. Thing is, not only as uh, not only as uh, Easton sometimes played out of position, sometimes he's not played at all, which is which is bizarre because on his day, Easton is best. one of the best players in that league, if not the best. Uh, keeping him on side, keeping him focused is a challenge, I would imagine, for any manager, but that should be one of your most important uh, tasks.
0: I tell you, which manager won't be leaving any soon. It's Edinburgh City's James McDonald Jeez, oh Joe, what are you doing here? They are I think it's safe to say they are the team of the quarter in the lower leagues. Definitely.
1: Yep.
2: Mm. Yep,
0: absolutely. I know we I know we kinda of discuss
1: them earlier, but we'd discuss them another week as well. But they uh I did not expect them to be anywhere near the top of the league. I thought they would maybe Better. challenge for uh, I thought they'd challenge for the playoffs. Uh I thought they would probably finish, you know, behind Clyde, that they, they may still do. I thought they would finish behind Peter head uh, they may still do but I thought it was interesting that uh, Jim McAnally uh, I read an interview with him uh, during the week and he said he suggested that uh, Peterhead actually had a good season last year you could argue that finishing second isn't bad but the fact that you've spent more money than anybody else don't you worry we'll we get to Jim McAnally I would argue that's not a good season however Head are actually they're picking up a lot of points this season any other season uh, they, they would be top mm-hmm. of the league uh, I think they're already sitting on 22 points I mean if, yep. they, were, if they were to replicate that to end the season 88 points if Edinburgh keep going that way yeah. they would still be miles behind Edinburgh so I mean they lost out to a, a very good uh, Montrose team uh, last year and if Edinburgh keep this up they're going to miss
0: out again and, and then Jim McAnally will still keep a job probably <laughs> yeah it was, I was going. wanting to ask if Edinburgh City can keep it up and from what you've said Earlier on in the show With the way they played Against both, It certainly seems That like they can And the, the, the way they, they've Played up until now
1: They've got a great Partnership in, in Shepard and Henderson mm-hmm. They've got a good Midfield in So Graham Taylor Looks great on the left Do yeah. I not like that? <laughs> Danny Hanley, if Danny Handling Can remain fit Which probably won't In fact I think he might Have got injured last week I don't know if it was A, a bad one uh, Andy Black and Mark Laird uh, Look very good in the middle And in Conrad Balotone they've
0: got, they've got the best Centre half So yeah That team, that team Could challenge the league really. Yeah Nah, all I can hear in my head now is hit les. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jim McInerney, I don't want to, um, th- this is kind of my body all troll section because he was in the press uh, this week talking about directors and uh, kind of pontificating about managers losing their jobs early when he seems to have the Peterhead board under some kind of spell where he's managed to get relegated and then fail. Uh, the last two seasons, he's the longest-serving manager. Uh, he maybe praise the Peterhead for loyalty, but he—I don't know if he's unaware of uh, perhaps how lucky he is.
1: Maybe he's been blessed by a dead seagull.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> to, be f- to be fair, at the moment, you know there, there isn't that much to complain about. No, definitely not. Definitely not. You know, the fact is that you, you say like if you have twenty-two points Clear twenty-two points out of twenty-seven. And there's a team Ahead of you You know Then the, you kind of Got, you've got to say Put you your hands of uh, I the team I'm still surprised He was in the job I was surprised That, that he was offering A new contract After they failed To win, win promotion You know It must be I, I don't know What it's like Psychologically If you're a team When you're miles ahead I mean they finished Something like 22 points ahead Of Senesmure To finish miles ahead Of somebody And then You've got to go through a playoff system. I don't know what that's like, like psychologically. But I thought that Peterhead might need freshened up. You know, some for all for all the money that Peterhead have got, I just think it's a really unique set of circumstances. Like, it's not just like if you live in Falkirk, you you go through to Glasgow or Edinburgh train. It's like like what forty minutes there, forty minutes back. But to go to Forfar, if you stay in Glasgow and you've got to go to Forfar like twice a week to train. I I don't know how uh, how how that works. So I mean, for for what God giveth with one hand, He taketh with the other. So he might be able to sign good players, but I don't know what it does for for, for cohesion. I remember doing a podcast with uh, Scott McLaughlin a couple of weeks ago when he talked about the training at Peterhead and they trained uh, the Glasgow boys trained with a an amateur side who were mm, miles yes. miles below what the, the Peterhead players were, so it just wasn't an ideal preparation. for them. Whether or not they, they still do that, I don't know, but it's, uh, aye, it's just... I think with, with Peterhead, it's, I think it's just a case of get really good players and just, just let them go, whereas Montrose, for instance, last season, was a, a real collective, mm-hmm. uh, as a collective... You know, They've been worked on. Aye. I mean, you saw that, how, how well-drilled their defence was uh, with Peterhead, it's like, just get good players and let's like, just stick them all together and, and, and hope for the best
0: we could talk about Clyde Anne, and Elgin but we might touch on him at the end if we have time I want to concentrate from 6th kind of six, six down to 10th Queen's Park are, um, are on 11 points and then below them there are 4 teams separated by 4 first of all with Queen's Park what's their situation they have just brought on recently brought on, um manager Mark Roberts Mark yeah. Roberts is their aim playoffs or is it just going to be kind of consolidation and mid- mid-table
1: Hard to tell with Queens Park. Yeah. The, the problem with Queens Park, it politics about half a season to actually work out who's who at Queens Park because he's just literally bring in a, a team of unknowns uh, every summer. Do you, do you, sorry, do you think Roberts is a good appointment? I don't know. I think uh, he'll. I think
2: he'll have learned a lot. He'll been really disappointed as to what happened there. Probably more so than most, given his connection With the club. Really, really popular player there, and I think even he was really hurt by by some of the reactions to to. to his stuff So he learned a lot I was thinking actually About Roberts In relation to Barry Ferguson I just You know Barry Ferguson Has been appointed the Manager of Kelty Hearts And you'd like to think Well Barry Ferguson I learned a lot When, when he was manager of Clyde But then you sort of think Well it just seemed to change All the time Like he changed tag On a season by season mm-hmm. basis He'd go for like He built a team around Dylan Easton <laughs> at one point Easton got injured Then he reverted To just long balls He brought in All these old guys I'm sure said said that One of the oldest teams In the division at one point uh, so I don't know what Ferguson will have le- will have learned from that, but I think uh, I think Roberts will have learned one of the things that that he uh, that he mistakes that he did make here was that he, I think the start of the stories at the time he was too close to a lot of the players, and I think with this he worked with Jerry McLaughlin before. Uh, no, no, sorry, he, he won't. He, he, they, they play at a different times. Sorry. I think this is for him it's a brand new slate with guys that he that want to work with I mean you look at that Queen's Park team I mean, other than Jordan Hart and Jerry McLaughlin that have a household name even, well relatively <laughs> household names so there's not that many there so I think that good from by all accounts a popular guy and a, a decent coach it just didn't work out from here, but I'm sure he'll be looking he'll be desperate to correct
0: that What about County, Beef, Sterling Berwick and Albion they've had um, troubling starts to the season uh, individually who do you see As kind of The worst of the lot Who do you see Picking up As the season progresses It's interesting to note That just, just looking at the, Even the goal difference like me for minus 3 The other Sterling are minus 9 Berwick and Albion Are both minus 13
1: I, I suppose in terms of The two that you would say Are underperforming The most And therefore Probably have the best chance To to force their way up the league uh, You look at Kyle Meath I mean Kyle-Meath Have got a number of players That you would say she probably do okay at that level I was thinking about that are Cowden Meath underperformed given, so. given the gruel that they've been served for the last four years do you think yeah. this is this is actually this is they're not underperforming if you compare them to the last two or three years worth of Cowden Meath teams but that's probably a bad comparison because they were just so rank rotten you, you look at this squad so uh, with Jordan Sheeran getting other teams in that league probably uh, Chris Renton has played at a higher level for Aloha Martin Scott you know, as a decent signer for that level Jason Talbot at left back David McGurden uh, uh, There aren't too many better part-time goalkeepers than him Neil Parry would obviously be one But there aren't too many more uh, Blair Malcolm, David Cox These guys have, have kind of performed at, at one time or another So I, I think they should be doing better than I mean, they've actually looked a shambles at points this season the So against I me? Mean, did she what happened to Elgin? where uh, got sent and off And then have a some Jamie, Jamie <laughs> Piper had to go and go <laughs> uh, I mean, I... I it looks like Gary Bowling is, is kind of starting to lose a the place there A wee bit his, uh, his team selections Are getting a bit confusing though, the, the guys that are getting left out I mean Talbot Couldn't get a game You would imagine He's probably one of the best If not the best Left back in that league uh, I'm surprised I'd, I wouldn't expect him To up, to be up close To, to Edinburgh and, and Peterhead But I, I didn't expect him To be uh, Kind of looking like the, Revolving around the, the
0: the kind of sinkhole Again this season What about Is there any other Any other team Person Player manager In the the League 2 That you'd like to Like to touch on Mention well, I think Berwick have just appointed A new manager Johnny Harvey Who's taken
2: over From Pennycook Athletic Haddington He used there. to be at Haddington Yeah yeah I don't know anything About him uh, I wish him all the best though, Because it seems like He's got a really Difficult job there. I mean Robbie Horn had to Step down Citing health reasons Which you would never Never want to No definitely not I uh, just uh, so
0: hope he's, uh, hope he's uh, Recovering well But there's, there's been A lot of background noise Berwick this season With like There's been st- st- Statements from the chairman Stepping down I think they've got I think they've got a lot of I think they've got a lot of Boardroom issues uh, uh, Albion yeah, yeah. as well I, 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 I to beside a
1: guy That the with Berwick And he They had their first training session uh, Under Johnny Harvey on Tuesday And he said uh, He said it was really good uh, he, he said that he's really keen on playing a, a kind of quick Kind of uh, Pressing game He said He said uh, the, the kind of passion drills that he had uh, was really enjoyable. It also gave off the, the impression that he, he won't take any nonsense, which, which is great. But the, the problem he's going to have he's still inheriting the same problem that the Robbie Horn had, and that when you have clubs that are kind of particularly far south or, or particularly far north, how do you attract players away from the central belt? So Peterhead do it by spending money. Berwick don't have any money, so it's all very well. Having ideas and, and, it, and it may well work But he's still left With what looks like A pretty poor score Yeah Better than Albion be Rovers Better than Albion be Rovers Who <laughs> will show sure. they, They've stabilised Slightly uh, They Let me get this right now. They, they picked up their first win They drew with uh, Cowden Beat Albion Rovers No, sorry Rovers No sorry Beat Stirling oh, be Albon Which is Dave McKay's uh, uh, Last song. game they, they seem to be conceding Slightly Slightly fewer goals I think they may have lost 3-1 to Annan. But yeah, you, you look at, at this one, and that looks substantially the the worst in that division.
0: Perfect. Is there anything else you want to add? Any bodies to troll? Uh, body to troll? Well, or
2: no? Uh, this is in a slightly uh, unusual bodies to trolls trolls the body that it's makes more sense. Or tat to sell. Aye, uh, this is this is uh, this is probably one for for Queen of <laughs> the South fans or any general <laughs> lower league marks, but. I came into possession a couple of years ago of a Queen of the South signed home shirt from the 2014-15 season. It's medium, it's made by Joma and it's still got its tags on. Now I'm selling this item on eBay. Uh, Please bid for it. We've got one bid at the moment. Uh, I've set it at £10, so it could be yours. If you particularly enjoyed Queen of the South 2014-15 season where they finished mid-table in the championship... (laughs) Um, this is for you it's been signed by a, a, Ian Russell Chris Higgins and Gavin
0: Riley were some of the names I know there'll be, be some people within Scotland too will not be wanting Ian Russell's signature on, on, on the top
1: I, I don't really like him <laughs> it's
2: just the bald guys that, that he bodied <laughs> imagine that imagine a botched hair transplant just imagine how bad that would look <laughs> You're watching uh, Arrested Development. <laughs> uh, I don't. I'm aware of it, but I don't watch. It. You you've seen it? I see it up until Netflix uh, took over. Right the, uh, the stuff with uh, Tobias gets, uh, gets <laughs> but the Tobias Funke gets gets plugged but the the plugs reject him and end up <laughs> they, they end up killing. him end up he ends up dying from these. I'm oh, sorry, he ends up becoming really really sick through uh, through these these uh, these earplugs. So imagine that's sort of one of your uh, Russell's victims. <laughs> so sorry, that seems terrible. Is that yeah, slander? Is that uh, defamatory? Uh, or right, or but not? it's not a laughing matter. <laughs> no, I know if if I was you, know, what are you are laughing at? <doing> <Yeah. here. laughs> And rightly really so. I was just imagining you with these hair plugs, but just blood pissing out the top of your head. <laughs> these these daft hair plugs. So, essentially, what we're saying is that if you like Queen of the South and you want to buy a signed comb shirt for the 2014 15 season, then come ahead because it's an eBay. Search for it, baby. It could be used for as little as £11.
0: And on that note, thank you very much. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email is tennispodcast at gmail dot com. Say goodbye, lads. Goodbye.
2: Unless it's a Patreon.
0: Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll come on, to that. We're gonna. It's gonna be a mishmash. Yeah. It's gonna be a mishmash. Uh, it could be similar to Hans Gruber falling off in the uh, Nakatomi Building. Yeah, I should probably finished it.
1: Goodbye. Goodbye.